Hey there and welcome everybody. The perfect welcome series. Are we setting up our brand and our consumers for success is today's topic for Email Never Sleeps. And I'm really excited uh, to announce Jennifer Hoth, who will be joining me today to talk a little bit about this. And it's a broad topic, everybody. Um, but first, Jennifer, I'd love to have you introduce yourself and your passion for email and you know, give us your deets. What's what's up with what's up with you? Yeah. So I'm Jennifer Hoth. I have been in the email space for 13 years. I know maybe maybe newer than some others, but um, yeah. I got my start. Uh, it's always interesting to hear how people got their start in email. I um, kind of got into it by accident um, during my time at Kohl's department stores. And, and one of my good friends and mentors who was my manager at that time asked me what I knew about email marketing in 2011. And I said, well, I can send an email from my personal account. And there we go. I honestly thought before this, I was more of a marketing generalist and had my hands in a lot of different things and thought, how am I going to feel about a single channel? Am I going to get bored? Because I'm a learner and no. It's kept me on my toes for the last 13 years. I love being able to have really direct effects on, on people and, and marketing and being able to measure a lot of things. Prior to being in marketing, I was a math major. So this helps fulfill my, my desire to have some numbers and then strategy right. at the same time. So I have been both on the agency side and the brand client side. Um, and I, I love email. I love speaking about it. Anybody that'll listen to me. Um, I love doing conferences. I think mentoring on email is probably one of my most favorite things in the world. So that's awesome. And you got a really diverse background, right? And being that client side and then sort of moving agency side. So seeing sort of both sides and how it works and the challenges, um, you know, on both ends. You know, when you and I were chatting about having this session for Email Never Sleeps, you'd pick this topic, the perfect welcome series. We're talking about a welcoming journey or how you gather information. And I'm curious, why did you pick this topic? Because I know it. there's a, there, there's a lot in that, right? There's a lot of meat in this. Um, but I'm just curious, like, is this a passion? Like, how do you get how how is it that the welcome series is so important uh, to you or the journey? Oh, it's come up. I mean, just throughout my career and and even now as I am um, interviewing with different companies, it's the first opportunity that you get from the channel to be able to to touch these people. And I've seen examples of great ones, but most recently, I've I've probably had more examples of of bad ones or not even having a welcome series and just getting dumped into a promotional um, campaign. This is really the time where if someone subscribes for email, they're really interested. And that is a pivotal moment in email where you can collect information. You set yourself up for success or not during this time. It's just so important. And a lot of things rely on this, making sure that you're addressing pain points and different types of things. It's just, mm -hmm. again, it's, it's really important first step in the email journey. And it should be, if it's not important to you, it really should be. Yeah. I'm going to make this comment. It probably be a little controversial, but if your IT department is running the first touch email, um, 
might want to consider doing something else. No offense to our IT brethren, right? They're wonderful people, but oftentimes they don't understand the marketing um, side of it, right? This is your first impression. Now that, that, that starts out with how they sign up, where they sign up, how much information, and then that first pivotal touch. Like you, I've received some amazing first touches and I've also received some not so amazing uh, first touches that you could tell that there was not a lot of effort or that there's not a lot of checking going on. The checks and balances um, are not there. And it's disappointing um, because I think one of the things that COVID has taught us, right, is that people, whether your demographics skew high, higher in age or lower in age, people want to know your brand. And if this is the first way you sort of interact with somebody um, and not sort of giving your flavor of the brand, this is how you set that expectation. Um, and so I don't know, you know, we've titled this the perfect welcome series. I don't really think that there's anything that's perfect about anything. Um, I think it's brand dependent. I also think it's um, even if your competitors are doing one thing, you have to individualize these yes. welcome series. What are some what are some um what are some elements that you believe are uh, are good for a welcome series or even from just how you how they gather information? I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I think it's important, especially if you have pop-up modals and different types of things like that that are also collecting email addresses mm -hmm. that you take inventory of everything that's going on. Um, I, I like to talk to people, especially, especially during holiday, if you're having people sign up, there are a lot mm -hmm. of rich offers out there. So if you have mm -hmm. someone sign up for email, they get 20%, but then they see on the site, it's like 25%. I mean, what is, what is the point there? Then just shut it off or, or offer something richer. But, um, you know, that's one of the things I like to pay attention to and making sure you understand where all the signups are coming from. So you can address them differently because even if someone signed up on your website, um, you know, that's one thing versus someone that's coming in from social, let's say from a sweepstake or, or something, you mm -hmm. want to make sure that you then are providing them with a different content based on how they come on to your file. Cause that is certainly different too. And making sure that you're taking that into account. I think that's one really important thing that not everybody thinks about. And certainly then I've been victim where I, you know, if I'm researching companies or whatever it is and I'm signing up, I'll try signing up in different places on the, you know, in the footer, on the pop-up, whatever it is. And a lot more oftentimes than not, it's not the best experience. Yeah, yeah. I always say, look, if you're spending money to acquire, right, um, whether whatever channel, I don't really care, you need to understand where you're getting the biggest bang for your buck, right? And it's all about the experience and it's all about the content and messaging is sort of that first touch. But the first thing in place is what you should, what a brand should do is to say, uh, this channel, this channel, A, B, C, and D, uh, bring in this. And then what is the, whatever, lifetime value? What other KPIs? What's the revenue as a result of that? Now, I don't care if you're a retailer or if you're a publisher or right. if you're B2B, you know, this is all very, very important because that determines spend, that determines budget. Hopefully you're working with, if it's a separate department, handling that sort of budget. But to me, it starts with identifying where they're coming from and what sort of things they're giving back to you from an, 
from, from an ROI. So let's talk real quick about the experience in and itself, right? The There's a lot of elements that brands have and we, we've been through them all, right? Um, think about this, what, it would, what would be an ideal um, experience? When I get to the site, should it be a landing page? Should it just be the front of the site? Like what, what, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? I think it depends on the brand and your goals too. Certainly there have been, if I click out of, I I don't, if someone's just coming for the first time, having a pop-up come at you right away is pretty annoying. In my opinion, I don't necessarily like that. I think if you're about to leave the site to have a pop-up and make sure that your sign up for email, if it's, you know, whether it's at the top of the page or the bottom of the page is very visible mm-hmm. and you explain what the people are signing up for not just like here's our newsletter but what what's involved in what you're going to be sending me is it a weekly yeah. newsletter am i are there going to be sweepstakes or are there going to be promotions whatever that is yeah. um so that part of it is is really important um i think yeah if it's um if it's a, if it's a module that comes at you and you're trying to leave that's okay Maybe Mm -hmm. if you're spending time on a product page, maybe then you can have something that pops up. But in my, this is just my opinion, Mm -hmm. um, especially if I'm newer to the brand or even sometimes I feel like some of the technology's broken and I've been to that site before. Mm -hmm. You should know that I've been to your site. Don't put up a huge pop-up saying sign up for emails if I'm already a subscriber. (laughs) Right, right. Um, I went through an experience the other day uh, for my dog and looking at specifically made dog food. And I sort of went through the the questionnaire and I got halfway through and then I got distracted and, and booted off, but they captured my email address and I didn't complete that sort of positioning for my dog, but now I started receiving emails from them and it was, it's a little off putting, right? Um, but to your point, if I sign up, whether it's on site or wherever, um, whether it's in the first email, whether it's on site, I'm really, I'm really adamant about brands telling me the truth. How much am I going to get? When am I going to get it? And I still, for the life of me, can't figure out why brands are afraid to tell people that they're going to get X number of emails a week and when they should expect them. Because to me, this is all about transparency. Where we talk about corporate transparency and all these different stories that are happening there. The same thing should happen if someone gives, if someone gives me their email address or their digital social security number, whatever you want to call it. Tell the truth. Yeah. Tell them. And I still don't. I, I mean, it just inflames me when I just start getting email after email, or you know, the generic, "Hey, welcome to our program, Andrew." Blah 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 blah. And you're just like, dude, you have such a, an amazing opportunity to tell me more about you, not just give me my discount or whether I signed up for a publishing or even for a B2B. You got to give the information. And if you're you're not doing that now, you are missing out as a brand. And, and I I'm think sure- it's interesting that it's like the wild west for that in email. But when you are setting up an SMS program and you're filling out paperwork for all of that and all the yeah. regulations, you have to say how yeah. many messages you're going to be sending in a week, a month or whatever that is. So why, why is it, you know, it's, it's that way for SMS, but then it it doesn't need Mm -hmm. to be that way for email. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk to me about what a welcome email, what are some elements 
that a welcome email that you've seen that you really, really love and then elements maybe that they people should 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 avoid. I'm curious. So I think when you when you sign up for an email again, when you sign up for an email program, that is the time to collect some information. So it's important to understand what information you want to collect and and that you will actually use versus things just to collect that you're not going to use. Mm -hmm. Of course, don't make everything um, required. That's going to turn some people off and some, you know, just don't ask for the kitchen sink if you're not going to use it. So I like to use, so along the lines of what you're talking about with your dog, I really like what Chewy does um, where you get the pet information and they then within the emails will talk about Roxy or or my cat Ferdinand or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And it's so simple. It's so simple to ask for that information. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, getting birthday cards, asking for pets birthdays and things like that. Um, along the lines of birthday, I like to use this example. When you're talking about birthday um, series and things like that. You can certainly ask for birthday upon email sign up or even within welcome to, but let people know why you're asking for that information. Mm-hmm. But uh, Neutrogena was one of my clients during my time at Merkel, and it made sense for them to ask for your month, day, and year of birth because we would segment based on your age. If you're a teenager, we're going to acne products. If you're older, mm-hmm. we're going to wrinkle. But when during my time at ASICS, it didn't matter to us about birth year because we weren't going to treat you any different. So that was just, you know, for us, it was just an unnecessary field we weren't going to do anything with. And sometimes that turns people off. Why do you need to know how old yeah. I am? Yeah. Um, so so things like that. But um, again, if you didn't ask for information during email sign up, You Mm -hmm. can do interactive type experiences within the welcome series. It doesn't have to be within the first email. It can be the second email, but people are engaged at that point, probably more so than you'll ever have them engaged. So ask for that type of information. You don't even have to offer a promotion. A lot of times people just give you information because they know that we're collecting information, especially if you give them some sort of interactive experience. Mm -hmm. And then in turn and make sure you're using it for good and you're yeah. making, you know, their communications thereafter relevant. Great points. And I'm going to add on to that. Okay. Um, I don't care what you sell socks, subscriptions, or whatever. If you capture my information, we always talk, and I'm sure you've heard this, you know, personalization, right? And sometimes it drives me bananas, but I'm telling you right now, if any brain is is listening and you address me in my, in the first email, sense of communication as dear Andrew Kordak, <laughs> that's not how humans interact, right? I'm not right. going to say, nice to meet you, Jennifer Hooth, right? I'm Andrew Kordak, <laughs> right? It doesn't yes. sound right. And so brands feel is that personalization of using my first and last name, you know, think about the conversation that you've just in that they've invited you to to have with them and you're not going to address them by first and last name if you're doing first and last name in your first email heck if you're doing first and last name in most of your emails get rid of it right like it's not it's not big the other thing is is that you need to test personalization dear andrew hey andrew howdy andrew um you know maybe i don't want to be called by my first name right maybe um maybe it's too early, right? In the relationship. And so 
The other second element that I absolutely think that should not be in a welcome email is any distractions. And what I mean by distractions is a link to all five or seven of your social channels, um, unless they've been updated recently, unless it's something that's dedicated. You're taking away from the um, attention that you want to grab in that sort of first communication. If you're giving an offer, if you're telling them something about what they're going to get in the future, um, sometimes that social stuff can be a distraction. And, and oftentimes over the last 10 years, maybe longer, right? People will be like, we've got social, put it in the email. And it's just like the, the checkbox to put in this email. And I'm like, whoa, 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 test it. Make sure to see are people clicking on that. And if they are clicking on that, is your social channels updated? Um, and so that's that's two elements that I talk about a lot with clients and have talked about, you know, in the past. And there are lots of elements, right? I mean, you need to sort of break down, um, you know, everything. And, you know, let's just be very clear with everybody listening. There's no perfect welcome series. There's no perfect way to sign up. There's no perfect amount of information to gather. You can gather too much. You can gather too little. Um, imagine that you've got 20 customers in front of you um, as you do this and they are giving you feedback all the, all, all the time on what you sign up. So, um, I want to pose do a, have a question though, yeah, about yeah. the social aspect. Yeah. How do you feel about having an email within the welcome series that's dedicated to all the socials, like connect with us in all these ways? Love it. But give me the reasons to why to connect with you. Right. Yes. I just don't want to follow you on X or go to Facebook and follow you or YouTube. I have to be given a reason, not just follow us or, or share with us or do whatever. Give me a really damn good reason why I should go and invest my time to follow you because it, it, it may not be of any value. And I'm telling you right guys right now from every brand that's out there, if you haven't updated your social recently, do not promote it, right? I've gone and clicked on yes. um, links and it's been six months since they've updated this channel or, you know, whatever, or, or, or they just, they, they don't, they don't, they don't, it's just creepy. It's weird, right? Like don't invite me to the party if no one's there. Um, okay. So I want to pose this scenario. We're going to wrap up here a little bit, Jennifer. Um, you have 500 markers in front of you. It's all with various degrees of, 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 uh, experience, um, and in different places in their email program. If you had to give one or two takeaways that at least everybody should kind of go back right now uh, and do or change or look at, what would you what would you tell them? Have a welcome series, even if it's just a welcome email. Have yeah. something. Okay. Um, in terms of data collection, again, you don't have to offer promotion. Start mm -hmm. somewhere. Testing, like you said, yeah. it's important to test your your audience. It's great mm -hmm. to look at what other people are doing, but right. only you know your audience. So be true to your brand, just like your brand voice. So, you know, if it's like, if you don't normally call people by their first names, but hey, friend, make sure that it's on brand. You can test right. that. Right. Um, but people are paying attention to how authentic you are. And if you're coming off, and, and this is where when you get into personalization and AI, some of those things can get lost. It's important <laughs> to stay true to yourself. And I mean, the biggest thing that I can say, because I have been part of teams that were hundreds of people, and I have been a team of one, just start 
somewhere. Don't yeah. put things off. Pay yeah. attention to your audience yeah. and continually test. Great takeaways. I have two takeaways. First thing is, is I don't care if you've been in, in your role managing an email program for six days, six months, or six years. Find out what is happening from the on from the journey. Go through the experience. Get somebody, a friend, a grandma, an aunt, or whatever, and just watch them kind of go through to sign up. And then what's the experience? What's the journey like in the first couple of days? Audit your program if you have a welcome series or you have a data collection series and how is that working? I will guarantee, and I know I'm guilty of it. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're guilty of it too. Sometimes stuff breaks, right? Like yes. it just doesn't go like what you thought it would go. And you need to figure that out because this is the time to set the, the record straight as well as the introduction to your brand. And the second thing I would say is be a human in these emails. Thank to you. you. Don't yes. feel like you're clinical and just have the standard welcome series to checkbox. That's part of it because I got other stuff I got to do in this program. This is the single most important, whether it's a welcome series of one or 20, right? Emails. You, you This is your chance to really sort of bring in people, keep their attention and introduce you to the uniqueness of your brand, however unique that brand is. So with that, um, uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for participating. Um, I know that we're going to have your all of your details and places to contact you on LinkedIn. I know you're actively out there searching for a role right now. Um, you are an amazing guest. I wanted to thank you so much. And um, for everybody out there, um, Jennifer is has been an integral part of this email community for years and years and years. You want to put a plug in for Women of Email because every one of my employees or every one of my colleagues has been a part of Women in Email, of Women of Email. And I think it's I think it's amazing. I know you've been a part of it for years. Oh, I've been a part of it since it it pretty much started in 2016. Awesome. And yeah, I'll tell you without sounding, I mean, this is gonna make me sound really sappy and corny, but it really changed my life in terms of my email career. I had no idea that there were so many women in the field and just mm -hmm. being supportive. And mm -hmm. I love doing this type of thing. And thank you, Andrew, yeah. for having me. I love doing public speaking and things like that. And it really wasn't until I joined. Um, and actually our good friend, Jean Jennings asked me to do a yeah. presentation with her back in 2017. It was my cool. first time, but, um, it's a really great group. Um, you know, yes, it's women of email, but everybody's very supportive. It doesn't matter whether you're mm -hmm. a strategist or you, you're a designer, copywriter, mm -hmm. anybody can join. Yeah. Um, and that's on Facebook. That's on yes, Facebook, it's on right? Facebook. Okay. Okay. Also, if you go to womenofemail.com, I believe then you officially sign up, but it's a, a Facebook group awesome. and that's where we interact with one another. And maybe one of these days now that COVID's a little bit more behind us, we used to do meetups in like oh, cool. some major cities and even at some conferences. So hopefully we can get that going back again too. Awesome. So everybody, thank you so much for, for continuously supporting Email Never Sleeps. Thank you, Jennifer, again. And we'll see you on the other side of email, everybody. Thank you. Yeah.